Uh, we've all played Yakuza 0. Yeah, I just finished Kiwami. I found out that someone thought uh, Nishiki was like a cool guy because he had cool hair and dressed cool and stuff. Did any of you perceive that? Because I thought he was clearly a bad guy. Well, he's, he had, narc. He's, he's a narc, c- man. Because he had bad hair and he like looked like a sleazeball, is what I thought. But I found out that other people thought he was cool. You got to be careful uh, in the minefield of modern uh, social conversation. Well, you never know. I mean, when you say, I saw a person say this, was this person like, are you able to verify their age? Are they older than 12? Like, what? what's the yeah, deal? That, Media literacy is the, the key word I would word say here. they are in the, uh, those folks are in the same general realm as you and I. Oh, well, you know, we talk about separating the art from the artist sometimes. And I believe nowadays it is largely believed that you should not separate yeah. the art from the artist if the artist is a particular degree of awful person. I don't think that conversation necessarily follows all the way through for fictional characters. I think it's okay to be like, oh, yeah, I know. I mean, Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs actually has no style or anything to him. But you could say, I like the way he speaks sentences, sure. right? Like you can, you can, you can latch on. Yeah, you can find a part that you like. Of superficial aspects of a character and just be like, this guy rules, even though he's a serial killer or a narc. I thought that Nishiki was visually coded to be oh, yeah. a negative character and it so it really surprised me. He has a me. bad haircut. It's not a cool haircut. His hair yeah. is yeah. I don't like so his hair at all. My read was not negative character. My read was overcompensating yes. um, trying to sure. be cool because he's not cool absolutely my read as well yeah. which is yeah. i think gotta be the canon read because he's oh, like yeah. the, the yeah, not yeah. kiryu right he's, he is absolutely uh he's not even the aldi store brand kiryu yeah he's yeah. fredo yeah he's like i'm i'm not stupid like people yeah. say i'm yeah. smart yeah. That's, that's this is why it was so surprising yeah. to me and you know no no offense to people's haircuts like mid neck is the exact wrong length for, 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 hair. for hair, t- for dude hair to be, it's got to, it's got to touch your shoulders or past your shoulders, yeah. or be shorter than your neck at least. But right at the middle of your neck is the exact wrong spot, and that, as that's as far as like, I'm concerned, you got to be Jeff Bezos or Conan the Barbarian. You know, yeah, it's got to be at middle of your back or that's right. cue ball somewhere in, in in all everything in between is is uh is uh, is an injustice. Yeah. <laughs> Cue ball or the, the Lion King, you know? You gotta have mm-hmm. like a mane. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Just a living in disgrace over here with this normal Same. length hair. Uh, do we want to start the show? Oh, why not? Alone or not, I'm going to do it. This is episode 313 of Insert Credit, a weekly talk show featuring a panel of video game experts kept in pecking order through our array of topics by a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, always jovial. Um, I'm Frank Cifaldi, and uh, I'm always... Uh, nope, uh, try again. Huh? Try again. I'm Frank Cifaldi, and I'm always... Uh, nope. Uh, what? I'm just going to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll give you one more strike and then I'm moving on to Tim. I'm Frank Zavaldi and always, I'm always reluctantly nope. jovial. strike three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tim Rogers, always unpaid. <laughs> strike one.
Wait, oh, what? Oh, it's got to be letters uh, from my name. I, I, I get that. I just kind of thought it would be fun mm, to okay. uh, somebody just yeah. asked me how much I get paid to be on this show. So um, I thought I wanted to just put that as close to the front of the show as I could. <laughs> I don't get paid to be on this show. Please zero stop dollars. asking me how much I get. Zero. This is just basically a Skype call. I sit in on every week. I'm just it's, confirming it's, this for for, yeah. for Tim here uh, yeah, in case not, anyone thinks he's joking for some reason. I am uh, Tim Rogers tragically recuperating my investment uh, into this uh, this particular media enterprise. Uh, there you go. How's that? Is that good? That's fine. Tragically recuperating. I'm Brandon Sheffield. Wait, no. Can I say tardily recuperating? Because it, it's, it's taking a long time. There we go. There sure. we go. Right. I'm Brandon Sheffield buying stuff. That's a, a, a reference to uh, oh, something yes. that someone was saying before the show about <laughs> how I have too too many things, which is true. Let's come back around to Frank. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I'm Frank Cifaldi, uh, and I'm freaking critical. <laughs> <laughs> you could have also gone with Frank Cifaldi. Yeah, that's mm. what I was going to go with, because uh, I mean, it's, it's no fun to make fun of a person's name, but to do it oneself. It's pretty cool to have a name that's the first five letters of a very useful adverb, you gotta Indeed. say, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Jeffy, what was that intro quip from? Oh, uh, I don't remember. It sounded familiar. Not, I don't think I don't think you're supposed to ask what the intro clip yeah. is from. It's hey. gauche. I know I know you're not you're not supposed That's to. That's the but very definition of gauche. That one was familiar. And I the answer to... is always some nonsense, unless you <laughs> know what it is, in which case it rules. Dang it! Right? Exactly. That's that's the intention there. Okay. I kind of figured that out. Is that a podcast thing, or is it just a? I think that's just me. Okay. That's just Jaffe. <laughs> I love trying to guess what's a podcast thing. <laughs> and uh, what's a Jaffe thing? Or, and what's, well, I mean, you know, just in general, when I hear people say stuff, you know, when you hear people, one of the things about living in a city like New York is, uh, uh, and this is something I never got in Oakland, California, is you really just do get to hear a lot of people say a lot of stuff at a volume and a density you do not experience anywhere else in the world. Like in I Tokyo, people are quiet. Uh, anyway. In New York, I, I often hear particular vocal mannerisms and ask myself, is that a podcast thing? Did this person get that from listening to podcasts? And then, you know, I quickly, be, you know, resume thinking about the really excellent thing I was thinking about immediately before that sort of took a dump on it for a moment. Um, anyway. Yeah, the, it, it reminds me of something that I have heard more recently where you, you used to get people say, oh, I read this thing and uh, now you'll get people saying i read it or heard it i can't remember <laughs> oh man yeah yeah we've gotten to a point where people are reporting uh they're reporting events this crazy thing happened at this bagel shop in new york where the guy like beat this guy up and then it turns out they're talking about like a TikTok that has a hundred thousand likes and like <laughs> right. twenty million views, and it's just a guy going, "Yo, you will never guess the crazy thing I just saw." And he's just talking about, uh, he's sitting in his car talking about how he saw someone get beat up. It's not even videos of people getting beat up anymore, man. Yeah, it's not. It's we don't even we don't even take videos of people, you know, because people are in the middle of uh, they're chatting on their uh, their their Facebook Messenger. They don't they can't be bothered to open the camera whilst witnessing a, a, a fist fight at a liquor store anymore. They just can't be bothered. Ah, I'll talk about this in my car on TikTok later. Yeah, they could also just invent it. 
uh, to talk about. In you know, that's car. the the second circle of the black hole. So, uh, you know, what what's the ninth one? I, I don't even want to have time to talk about that right now. The game was evil soon, but uh, it is my favorite my favorite topic of consideration is uh, post truth and such. So we're gonna keep working on that. Evil Zone was the answer we were looking for. Evil uh, Zone? For, was that the name of the game? Yeah, yeah for PS PlayStation 1. one. What do, you, do you have like a randomizer over there, or do you pick one? Uh, is it re- related to something uh, that's on the show? Oh, uh, I just kind of free associate until I find a thing. And I think I'm probably going to crowdsource this part of it soon, because I'm sick of looking for dumb video game oh, quotes. pay a dollar to get your favorite video game quote. That's what uh, that forum wrote- thread's li- about. Yeah. Pay one dollar to get your favorite video game <laughs> quote rotely <laughs> spoken without context or acknowledgement <laughs> at the beginning of an episode of Insert Credit at some point in the future. Dollar well spent. Do you aspire to make content? <laughs> Only have a dollar and no microphone of your own? <laughs> PayPal Alex Jaffe. Alex Jaffe for five. PayPal Alex Jaffe. PayPal, PayPal, PayPal. <laughs> PayPal $3 because their fees is ridiculous and we're going to call it $1. So thank you. Yeah. At what point do you balk on a strategy game for being too frustrating or complicated to learn? Um, there are some advanced wars maps that are just like, ah, I could do this, yeah, you know, but it's just like, this would just take, uh, this would probably take me like eight hours, nine hours. Uh, and then it's, uh, I've, I've put down every advanced wars game I've ever played because I get to a map where it's just like, I get it. Uh, I, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to play my guitar or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, I've played all the way through Berwick saga several times. And uh, that is a, a video game for Fire Emblem fans uh, destined to die in the electric chair, right? So it's like, uh, <laughs> I mean, and that's that's one of the more ridiculously, uh, opaquely, baroquely complex and strict strategy video games ever made. Whereas uh, uh, Advance Wars is just beautiful, nice, simple mathematics. And uh, Will Wright called it the best game he's ever played, right? So there must be something wrong with me. Uh, but no, there's not actually, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> it is the advanced warriors who are wrong. Uh, I just think that they get to a busy, a certain saturation of busy work, uh, in every advanced wars campaign where I just got to strut, you know? Thank you. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, everyone else can talk now while I continue to drink my Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Yeah, I agree. In general, I wouldn't say that, rather I would say it's pretty uncommon for a strategy game to feel like it's too complicated. To me, uh, it's oh, yeah. more that it feels like it's it's busy work, or it's it's daunting in its length, or it's boring. <laughs> like some people really like that. I uh, think boring is its own kind of complication. Sure, if you know yeah. what I mean. And I think busy work is is complicated. You like a, if someone hands you a basketball sized knot of yarn and says, "Unravel this for me, will you?" Right. That's a complicated. Uh, sure, it's yeah. complicated to look at the yarn. It doesn't make it like uh, difficult, right? And I also I dislike gotchas when there's something like the game Igdra Union, where they say that a boss is too difficult, and you're like, I could take him, and then uh, it turns out that the boss, uh, once it gets to zero HP, has infinite HP, and you can't defeat it. That kind of stuff. It's always really poor video game design when there's an unbeatable boss that you can actually beat, but then they won't let you beat it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, escort missions are always 
not good in these because the 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 AI does the stupidest thing. Um, but there's R type. What do they call it? R type tactics. R type command in the U.S. That game is finally getting um, the both games ported to to newer platforms than the PSP, which it originally came out on. And I wanted to like that, but the maps were so long. You did the same thing for so long, and if you messed up a little bit, similar to playing R-Type, so I guess thematically it was appropriate at least, if you mess up a little bit, that's the whole campaign ruined, like, 45 minutes in. And sometimes you can mess up without knowing that you're messing up because it's a dice roll. And that kind of stuff is very, I don't like. (laughs) It is very, I don't like. I think R-Type Tactics would have been, like, a super, super, super good video game if it had some user interface, user experience weeks where yeah, to make it just sure. kind of faster right because mm-hmm. it, it has a, the r-type tactics is is an example of a of it's a, got a, a neat tactics, idea yeah it's, it's a tactics video game that feels to me like like a single player board game mm-hmm. you know like a single player game of life or a single player candy land it's just kind of rolling the dice and watching stuff happen but they place so much importance on so many actions and consequences that it just it just kind of drags it down and it would be more fun if it just kind of moved along at a faster clip yeah i i got like 20 hours into it and then found that i had almost gotten through the first third of the campaign i was like well this is this is not this is not happening that game is long uh, i might be exaggerating the length slightly but well, I don't that's, think that's from the era that of most strategy games were just too long at that point in yeah. time like the nipponichi ones uh this guy a phantom brave like like all those early ish nipponichi games in but the guy at least PSP era the 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 maps didn't take that long to do it's just like if you wanted to do everything it would take your entire life but yeah it it, it was i felt like those felt a little generous but in in how they presented sure. content but something like your your uh fire emblems or our type command is a little more extreme vision of that it just is it's dragging it out and uh, each map taking an hour is is kind of like if I felt like I were making interesting choices all the time, that that would be a riveting hour. But it's more of like a semi relaxing. Please go over here and hit the same button again, kind yeah. of a s- scenario. And that can be great, but it can also feel like you have to not think about what am I doing with my time, basically. Yeah, my my personal top people ask me this for some reason all the time. My personal top tactics game is Armodyne. Number two would be Berwick Saga. And then as an idiot, I like to just say number three is Wild Arms XF uh, for the PSP. Um, Two of those games are morbidly overcomplicated. One of them even has a dating sim mechanic kind of on top of it. And then the other one is just very, very breezy and fun and and kind of just easy to slide all the way through. And uh, so in other words, what gets me to stop playing a tactics game is when I just uh, I feel like it's busy work. I feel like yeah. it's a Denny's kids menu puzzle or like it's an activity sheet in second grade up to a certain point. So it's actually when a game is it's not even easy. It's just I can think my way through this. It's just I need other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Next question. Is swimming in games ever good? Yeah. Yeah. Quake, baby, quake. Echo. Well, that game's all swimming. So? Well, that is swimming. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it does count. <laughs> I mean, Super Mario Brothers 1 nailed yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. You don't think a, a game that ha- that focuses on swimming counts as a swimming game? I, I feel like when people talk about swimming in games, yeah, yeah. it's about 
when you're playing a game and suddenly there's a swimming section and everything changes about the way you control the characters. Oh, it's not not what you said, but okay. Yeah, so there is a famous video game character who has never said, gotta go swim, and it shows Yeah, <laughs> when he has to swim. Yeah, Sonic's no good in there. Sonic underwater is uh, such a singular uh, mind prison. Sonic underwater, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything in games compared to that? <laughs> Kids on the playground who would win in a fight, Mario or Sonic, right? That 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 ultimate who would win in a fight question. Uh, this the, the most the, the king of who would win in a fight questions of the 1990s playgrounds. Uh, you know, and I actually was never on a playground in the 1990s. Do you know that? Because I was in. You're underneath. School. Yeah, I was in middle school. We didn't have no playground in middle school. Uh, I just missed out on the 90s playground street cred. Um, but you know the 90s playgrounds. Who would win in a fight, Mario or Sonic? And the kids all said Sonic. And then nobody stopped to ask, "What if they were underwater?" Right. Right. Nobody stopped to ask that. Mario, a hundred percent underwater. Dude. Mario can shoot fire underwater. I mean, th- this is when we have to decide if you know how accessible the water is on Violence Island, if this ever comes up. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's all around the island. I'm going to argue in Sonic's favor underwater because Mario has a very hard time damaging people underwater, whereas no, Sonic can, shoot, can still he jump He can shoot his fireballs. Oh, yeah, he has to get above them and shoot fireballs. Yeah. He just needs to be at the correct angle. He doesn't always have fireballs, though, and Sonic that can always true. jump. It's an island. Oh, wait, we're not talking about islands. And if you touch him, <laughs> he loses the ability to throw fireballs. Right. So. I think Sonic... Sonic has this if he's fast yeah, enough. And the thing know. about Sonic is that he's fast. Not underwater, he's not. Not underwater. Underwater, he sucks, dude. He's slow as heck down His there. His jumps take like 14 seconds to complete underwater. Yeah. 14.2 seconds. I'm looking at it on Wikipedia right Are now. Are the underwater levels of <laughs> Super Mario Brothers really good? I mean, I think yeah. they're everyone's least yeah. favorite part of the game. Nah, they control well. Um, when, I, when when I was a kid, I, I we used to purposely skip the warp zone that everybody knew about somehow before we ever played the game. An interesting cultural artifact. If you're yeah. out there and you, you were not alive in 1985, 86, 87, or 88, um, chances are that we, just know that kids would get Mario and just know about the warp zone already. It was so legendary. We would skip the warp zone so we could get to the, the first water level. Like, no joke. Huh. Yeah. Two, two. I mean, it's the reason that Fla- Flappy Bird is basically a, a, a super hard underwater Mario. It's with a, really, really, it's like very deep underwater. Yeah, with a lot of a lot of pressure, uh, Yeah, basically. But uh, I, I, I liked it too, actually. I thought it was pretty decent. This, this one's a little bit weird maybe but i actually kind of liked the parts in uh metal gear solid 2 where you had to swim hmm. yeah part was all right i thought that was a nice break from the way that game works i thought that the water effects at the time were really cool i thought it looked neat to swim around in there the animation was nice and uh it's like it was designed it was very short and it was very like tightly designed in in, in terms of like you know what you're supposed to do and how long it takes to do it versus your meter i thought it was a good little section yeah i liked that one the swimming in Quake is really good. It just kind of switches to descent controls when you're when you're underwater. And I think the reason why a lot of earlier 3D video games had bad swimming was because they weren't dual analog. We hadn't invented the the right analog stick yet. It took a long time for the right analog stick to exist, much less be the de facto implement for controlling the camera, right? So FPS movement just kind of wasn't really, it was a foreign concept for games like, for example, Super Mario 64, which I think has pretty bad swimming, right? Right, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas in Quake, you just, you look 
uh, with the with the mouse, and you just keep moving forward, and you're just going whatever direction you want to go, and it just kind of feels like you're flying, but sort of slow. And there's also a time limit, and you can. I mean, it just it just it feels exciting. It's it's brisk. Um, it's just well implemented. It controls well. I think Super Mario sixty four is the progenitor of the idea that swimming in swimming is sucks. that. Yeah, I have yeah. a I have a kind of odd one. I can't remember which one it was exactly, but either Tomb Raider Legend or Underworld, there's one where you can like swim down into a pyramid and stuff or like an like an Atlantis style place uh, after after a certain point. And I was very surprised. I remember specifically being surprised that the swimming worked pretty well and I could go where I wanted to go and it felt fine. So uh, if I could remember which of those two games it was. Uh, I would say that one, but was it one of the first? Uh, was it was it like one of the first four reboots of Tomb Raider? Or uh, yeah, how many times they reboot that thing? They're rebooting it again, aren't About they? About six, seven times. Oh, they they, yeah. they got to. Can we just say right here those those new ones are pretty good? Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah. we've said that before, but let's say that again. It's true. Uh, I'm Tim Rogers, Tomb Raider. <laughs> there right. you go. Uh, how long before release is the right time to announce your video game? Three seconds. It de- it depends on what it, it depends on how famous you are. <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah. uh, man, seeing seeing like so many people who are uh, you otherwise have considered at a few scattered points throughout history as considerably intelligent, uh, uh, just kind of uh, hoist aloft the opinion that more. I think more game developers should just shadow drop their games. It's like no. Yeah. Like, uh, you can't just do that, man. No. Nintendo can shadow drop a Metroid Prime remake because they're Nintendo and it's Metroid, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're Beyonce. Is Nintendo the Beyonce of video games? I think so. Pretty much the answer is you announce it as soon as it looks like something. As soon as it looks finished, even though it's not. I'm going to say that's when you do it. The vast majority of of GIFs with 10,000 retweets. From an account where the, you you look at their bio and the person is like, "I'm a video game artist." I think ten, like I think maybe ninety eight percent of the time, that's a little too early to post a thing because now you've got ten thousand new Twitter followers uh, waiting for you to reveal some details about what your game is, and yeah, it ain't nothing. <laughs> it's just you made a cool GIF. It's not a game yet. There is a balance there. Yeah, there's there's a tricky balance. One that I feel very privileged to not have to navigate with the game uh, I've been working on. So uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a tough one. Like yeah. some folks will announce a thing and then it, they'll have like a Patreon for it, and then uh, yeah. it'll come out in early access and stuff. And then you'll see them on Twitter five years later, being like, "Does anybody know any level designers?" <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I was going to go the other direction and say that uh, you, as a general consumer, or as a as a media elite like we used to be, will not have any idea about this game until it comes out and sold five million copies, and and just like nobody that you know has talked about it ever, and uh, and it's just out there. So that's that's a that's a thing that can surprise you. And then the other thing that happens is you know I'm on some some like game business lists and stuff like that, and you still here in the year 2023 get people saying, "Well, my game's coming out in three weeks." Uh, what what kind of uh, advertising should I do? How should I market it? And and it's just like I can't believe that someone has made it this far and made more games in this video game industry than uh, than a lot of people. And then they're like, oh, well, I should probably think about marketing this game now that it's three weeks out. Yeah, more you know? more people <laughs> like, made to uh, 
they need to consider making a 36 part YouTube series of videos averaging in like four to six hours each, uh, advertising their game over a, a period of about eight years. That's what more people need to try. Just try that, everybody. Yeah. It's, it's quick and easy. <laughs> it's quick. It's definitely, it's definitely the hardest way I could think of to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if that's necessarily advice for anybody. Um, but yeah, for, I think, uh, for me, the vast majority of video games that are not revealed during the game awards, um, they're made known to me in emails from people who want me to play them. And I think the best time to advertise a game in that particular context is when you are able to truthfully utter the two-word phrase, codes available. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So in that case, in the case of trying to get me to play a game so that I might mention it on a stream or a podcast, uh, which I do sometimes, being able to say codes available and mean it is is very important. I get too many emails that are like, we've got a game coming out in a couple of months and we'd like you to play it. And it's like, if you want me to reply to that and then tell me months later you have codes available, just to, to shoot your shot when you've got your shot, you know, when yeah. you've got it. When you've got my head in the crosshairs, that's when you should shoot. That's when you should pull the trigger, Carl. Uh, but uh, barring all that, I think two years is pretty good for like a big triple A game, yeah. like a like a, a teaser at the. I hate that the you know the game awards are that's they're they're E three now, right? Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're E three for the triple A industry, and even for some of the indies. So it's uh, I feel like a, a an obscure teaser, being like we're making this Armored Core six. Crowd grows wild. Two years later, there's the game, you know, with another trailer released like every six months or so, so that it feels like an event. I think that's about right. right. And it's uh, it's it's gauche to do anything longer. We're using the word gauche a lot today. It's a good word. Everybody else try using it at some point. It's it's good. I think I think like what Zelda did with uh, Breath of the Wild two was a little gauche. You got to have a name for it. There you go. Got to have a name for your game. Got to have a name for it. Don't just tell us Breath of the Wild sequel, a uh, uh, tentative title or whatever. No, you you have to have a name for it. I'm pretty sure that was a shareholder thing. It shouldn't be. Shareholders uh, should get sense. bent. Project's triangle strategy. Uh, they should. You, you wind up with games oh, like that. Yeah, you, you don't want to end up with something actually being released as triangle strategy. Lord. <laughs> That's time. God. I had the name triangle strategy before they did, and I didn't use it. So... <laughs> So imagine that you work for Sega of America okay. and Sonic and his friends have just flown into town. Okay. Your boss has given you a modest stipend to show them a good time. Where do you take them? Uh, union meeting. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of Sega union yeah. conversations going on right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I say let's get Sonic on our side. Let's get Sonic on our side. Wait, we were talking about Sonic, right? Is that what you said? Sonic and, and his, his friends. friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you get Sonic, Tails, Knuckles. Espio, yeah. Rouge, Amy, the crocodile guy, Amy for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy Rose, yeah, Amy's got to be there. Amy yeah. Rose would be like the the rep, I think, for for the Sonic Friends division. Do they still have the cat from the DS game? Is she around? Oh, right. Do they have Big the Cat? Is Big the Cat there? Oh yeah, there's also Big the Cat. Right? Big the okay. Cat would go to the union meeting just to eat all the pizza. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so what would be fun for them? They uh, take him to like a jewelry show. They love emeralds. They do. Mm. You know, I, I take every visitor to the Berkeley Bowl, so maybe I'll take them there. Big the cat couldn't fit in the aisles. Those aisles are too tiny. They're pretty tiny aisles, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. 
Like people don't think they're wow, excited so by the idea of a lot of, <laughs> you know, apple varieties in one place, but then they see a lot of apple varieties in one place and they're like, wow, this is mind blowing to hear the Berkeley bowl aisles described as too narrow. <laughs> uh, at my, my supermarket, like I, I knocked uh, some paper towels off the shelf uh, like an hour nice. ago because <laughs> I was like trying, I was sliding through sideways. So definitely would never recommend anybody move to New York, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I take Big the Cat to Central Park. We're just talking about Big the Cat now, right? Yeah, yeah so. Big the Cat is come to uh, New York City. Where do you take him? I would take him. I would take uh, Sonic and Friends to the uh, to Central Park because there's the running path. Yeah, I'd, I guess I'd over here. I'd take them to the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go go around there, show them all the sights. They probably got to like I don't know, like little kids. They probably got to get their energy out sometimes. Which yeah. lake, Lake Merritt or Crime Lake? Uh, lake, <laughs> lake Merritt. Crime Lake, or maybe even uh, Lake Temesco. Is there a lake in Oakland called Crime Lake? Um, it, it depends on what time of day. It, is that where Fish uh, Batman, di- uh, Fish Batman's parents died? <laughs> lake Merritt turns into Crime Lake after about uh, one a.m. Four thirty, four twenty-five p.m. Four twenty-one p.m. The minute the last joint is stubbed out, everybody goes, "Well, time to crime." Yeah, <laughs> right. Is that it? Uh, Sonic would actually enjoy being there at that time, I think, because he'd get to he'd get to uh, got to do crimes, say something about punching, beating up some knuckleheads or whatever. And then Knuckles would get offended that he used the phrase knuckleheads. Yeah, right. He's not he's not very effective. And then Sonic would clarify. He said knuckleheads, not knuckles heads. And that would paper it over. Well, it's like, you know, he might be excited to to get after those knuckles heads. But like if they go in Crime Lake. Then he's not as effective. Yep. Yeah, can't yeah, move. Exactly. So I don't think you exactly. want to bring Sonic near large bodies of water. Big the cat would like that. Uh, he won't fall in necessarily. Sonic would do that whoa animation that he yeah, does right. when he gets too close to a ledge. Mario, Mario doesn't have no whoa animation. That's true. He always stays absolutely stoic. There's just no, no matter how many pixels he's hanging off. Electronic Gaming Monthly must have informed my big old self back in 1990 or so. Uh, at 42, 56 times, Sonic's got a whoa animation, you know? Like just showing you, showing you a really zoomed-in screenshot of yeah. it. He's got a whoa animation when you stand on a ledge. Best game ever. No, Donkey Kong also has a whoa animation. Is Everyone that like- had a whoa animation for two <laughs> years. All right. Yeah, and uh, two years during which there was no Mario, interestingly. So, <laughs> so it's like, oh, Mario skipped. Well, everyone was just waiting for directions. Yeah, you know, like so Sonic was the, the the current direction, so they were waiting for the next Mario direction. Shigeru Miyamoto's wife saw the Sonic Woe animation and said, <laughs> "Don't you even think about it, Shaky." <laughs> and he went, "Okay." <laughs> and then he shelved Super Mario World Two, and then somehow Yoshi's Island got called Super Mario World Two. Yeah, yeah, that was originally called Woshi's Island because what? it was. <laughs> it was all about triggering ledge animations. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that was what the original Super Mario World 2 was. It was yeah. all, you know, you have to get Mario as close to the edge as possible of a platform before jumping because he'll jump even further. Yeah. Yeah, all of the gaps are just like exactly wide enough <laughs> where you have to go like to God. the pixel. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there are ROM hacks like that. It really is a perfect illustration of the difference in the design ethos of Mario and Sonic. That Sonic has a woo animation that was much ballyhooed in uh, video game enthusiast press. Whereas Super Mario Brothers 3 just calmly, quietly, casually had Mario hold out his arms once he reached 
the second or third gear of his his running acceleration, right? Just holds his arms out, and then it starts making an obnoxious sound, and the UI lights up, which uh, I, I believe is just kind of Baroque design. But it's a uh, it, it kind of says a whole lot. That's the big difference between Mario and Sonic. Uh, Mario, it's just part of the design that he holds his arms out that lets you know you can jump really far when you jump. And then Sonic's way of, of telegraphing is much more gauche. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we do with Sonic and friends if we had to show them a good time. Just take we them to take the, them no, they, no we, we got it. We got it. You know what you do? You take them to the Grand Canyon. There you yeah. go. There you go. That's what you do. You take them to the Grand Canyon so he can just whoa on the edge. And also uh, recreate the Sonic CD intro. I was going to say that uh, we take yeah. the secret, secret duck pond at the top of the Kaiser building in Oakland because that's the closest thing to a chow garden that we got. Ah, yeah. Did you see like on that. Twitter today the the artist who uh, was the uh, character designer, key animator, uh, animator, director of the Sonic CD intro says it took him four months and they gave him uh, 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 two hundred forty thousand yen for it. Wow, that doesn't sound like that's a lot. Which is uh, not which is a, a little under two thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. So that's fun to know, isn't it? That's yeah. a bleak note to go into the break on, <laughs> but we're gonna do it anyway. The following ad supports the Insert Credit podcast, but is not necessarily endorsed by its individual members. This is the Insert Credit Quick Break. I'm Alex Jaffe, and this week's Insert Credit is sponsored by Shanti Shelaram, who made a generous donation in our name to opening a queer community space. This week is Trans Awareness Week, and November 20th is the Transgender Day of Awareness. With all the legislative persecution in the world recently, things can feel pretty grim for trans people right now. So if you have a trans friend, reach out and see how they're doing. If you don't have one, or if you're looking for other ways to help, please consider volunteering or making a donation. Uh, Lambda Legal and the Transgender Law Center are doing good work in the States. In the UK, Mermaids is a transgender support organization. In Japan, Pride House Tokyo Legacy provides resources to queer folks of all stripes. Uh, All great options for getting involved in the trans community when they need your help most. I'm sure all of those organizations could use your help, especially in this moment. Thank you for listening, and go be nice to a trans person today. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode of Insert Credit, just get in touch with me at show at insertcredit.com. Welcome back to Insert Credit. I just got a message from my friend who's in denial about that new Suicide Squad game. Oh, I was like, it's no. going to be good. It could still be good. Oh. <laughs> oh, I feel man. like Rocksteady just kind of, they got strong-armed into a boondoggle, Jerry, mm, yeah. of a, the plunking a ton of money and time into this, this live service thing. Superheroes are big right now. When they made those Arkham games, superheroes were not the only form of entertainment in the, the local movie theater. And now they're not again, right? So it's... Uh, it's just a, an incredible disaster of timing. That game is just, it's very sad to look at that thing. Yeah. So what, I haven't i haven't looked at it at all. It's, it's a multiplayer online live service game where you play as uh, ah, the Suicide Squad members. I see. It's sort of a medium-sized Destiny-like, whereas Destiny has uh, a full-bore MMO experience kind of surrounding yeah. the, uh, the crunchy, crispy, addictive, delicious uh, FPS gameplay, which also includes a canonized uh, multiplayer arena right it's like this suicide squad is just set pc uh kind of left for dead meets destiny meets Fortnite. um just a whole bunch of uh, everyone keeps trying to do a whole bunch of modern design tropes and trends and dlc behaviors 
uh, intersected on a superhero property made by people who have uh, expressed excellent skill at making superhero-related video games mm-hmm. that were of a confidently selected, nailed-down genre. And they, my read on it is just that uh, the big hat, cowboy hat wearing money men just got too many fingers in one pie, you know, and it just kind of ended up being a a product, you know, in a way those Batman games had soul. But apparently WB Games is just messed up right now. They're looking for buyers. They're always looking for buyers. They're due for another round of layoffs. And uh, yeah, I guess I guess a uh, an underperforming big superhero game would be a good opportunity. Uh, that's going to be the one. Uh, that's it's going to do it. I I simply just would not make a live service video game that costs that much money and that you expect people to pay sixty dollars for in the year twenty twenty three. Uh, given you know, the the like sad tweets you see every couple of months where it's like game name you're going to forget in six months uh, just closed down uh, after having an average number of users in double digits for three months or whatever, right? It's like situations dire out there. Uh, so in other words, robust single player campaign, please, everybody. What was that game that came out at the same time as Overwatch? Uh, Battleborn? Was that Battleborn, it? dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Battleborn? Battleborn, it was like, I think might be the lamest video game ever made. <laughs> like, if I had to pick just one, the makers of Borderlands bring you Aldi, Aldi store brand Overwatch, right? It's like the people I trust least in the world to do uh, pretty much anything are doing the thing that I wouldn't trust a goddamn rocket scientist doing. You know, it's like, all right. Uh, I don't know. Oh man. god. I think it might be the lamest video game ever made. And that's god darn saying something. Have you seen some of these things? Guys, not the same some? as worst. Yeah, not the same as worst. It's just uh it's uh, uncool. Maybe that Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderlands or whatever that game. That that's pretty close to That's also Gearbox, isn't it? Yeah. Lord. Holy lord. Gearbox might be the uncoolest video game company. I think they might genuinely be. I thought those brothers uh, in arms Hex Highway and such. Those games were good. Have you guys heard about uh, Le- uh, Lethal Company? Lethal? Lethal. <laughs> Lethal Company? No. No. So I, I hadn't either. And um, this is an example of a multiplayer online video game that has not great. It's not terrible, but it doesn't. It doesn't have like great or cutting edge art. It's got workable art, and it has sold uh, six hundred thousand copies in um less than a month and it's just on trajectory to sell in the millions mm-hmm. and it's a it's a solo dev thing from a guy who who worked on roblox games for a while and then did this thing and it's it's like it calls into question a bit whether the whether the triple a attempt at a big multiplayer arena yeah. game is even worthwhile when- I, I do not think triple a is calibrated toward no grasping what the people who play those games want to play i yeah. think yeah. destiny the people who made destiny that it's just a a god darn hornet's nest of geniuses over there at, at bungie they made god darn halo right like uh they made it i guess they made it look easy around that time 
Um, yeah. And they inspired many indie developers. I know many people who uh, I've seen some people say Destiny was like the first video game they ever really got into. Destiny's wonderful, by the way. The more I think about it, the more hindsight I get from having ever touched it, the more I'm like, what a thing that is. What a nice thing. Uh, now someone's going to reply and it's going to message me to say, yeah, you don't know how bad they messed up such and such uh, debuff in Destiny 2 or whatever. But uh, I feel like the AAA industry at large is just not calibrated to understand that kind of game because I feel like uh, even in Destiny 1, there are just big, which was published by Activision, there were big, risky design choices and stuff that something like Suicide Squad winds up looking like it was made with like like made with Saudi money, you know, where it's like uh, there's just a, it, it's so it's so so much of a product, you know. Yeah, I think the the big deal with these large online games is that what what captures people is a new idea or a new cool uh-huh. hook and stuff. And when you are a smaller indie weirdo, you can try to actually do that and when you're a big triple a thing you got to round all the corners off and uh so it's just you can't respond to it well enough so like no no giant company was going to make among us that that just wasn't wasn't gonna occur well except the among us company when they make another among us uh yeah uh, now they're a giant company. now that they're big that's okay but you know it's 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 uh You you get a couple albums as a band uh that where you can stay relevant, so they'll they'll still be cool for a while, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think they got darn stepped on a landmine covered in dog turds when they decided to make that Suicide Squad game into the game that they made it into. And make no mistake, it looks like it has some neat graphic tech. It, it looks like it has some neat uh, traversal and movement mechanics. It looks like it has some neat weapons and whatever. But probably it's has just, some fun writing because the Arkham games did. Yeah, fun yeah. writing, fun voice acting. It's got mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy as Batman in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fine, the fine, the the real Batman's final performance. Yeah, the wow. real final Batman, RFB. Uh, yeah, but it's like from what I've heard, the single player uh, experience is uh, incredibly lacking, um, which is exactly what the exact opposite of uh, those Batman. What you Arkham would want games, to expect, yeah. Which were incredibly not lacking. What a shame! I mean, it's just like you know when they announced that that was their next game. I was just like, I can't wait for Rocksteady Batman to hunt me. That's going to be so cool. (laughs) uh, I bet it's not cool at all. Well, because no. he's like a, some kind of corrupted, bizarro Batman, right? Yeah, he's, he's not even like well, that yeah. too. Well, that's okay because he's yeah. probably still doing Batman tactics and not talking. You know, that's all I care about. Tactics um, is like having the the old games like turned on me, but like he's probably just a bullet sponge or something. You know, based on what we're seeing, yeah. Like it's, it doesn't. I don't know. I can't. But I mean, if there's a bright side, is that there are more Arkham games. They're just called Spider Man now. Yeah. I guess that's true. Uh, Okay, next topic. How would you name a new console to compete with the Xbox and PlayStation? Dreamcast. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I've told the story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Um, uh, During E3, when Nintendo announced the uh, Wii for the first time, um, I went to sleep (laughs) in my hotel room that (laughs) night. Oh, actually, no, it was maybe before E3. I hadn't seen it or something. I don't know. I yeah. point is I had a dream where I had like a PR meeting with Nintendo people talking about the Wii and they uh they were like, Well, you should see the next one. It's like, well, you you know we, we, we the next one. You haven't even put this one out. <laughs> yeah. Um and and the the name of their next console was the Nintendo Apocalypse Monster. That's um, right. 
I remember that now. So I know I've told the story, but I'm going to tell it again. And that's what you should name it. You should name your console the Apocalypse Monster. Apocalypse Monster. I would call my game the Super Xbox. (laughs) Yeah. No, I would call my game, my my console, the Microsoft Action Experience, MAX. That was the original name of the Xbox, in case anybody did a little trivia. I didn't know that. Was that was that meant to be like a MSX takeoff? Like I don't know what it was supposed to be. Because that's to kind be. of cute. Because the MSX was Microsoft standard. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be something that sounded good when you did a lot of cocaine. Is what I think it was. Mm. Uh, I want a micro. Let's you, you try wanna, it out, kids. You want to you you have a Microsoft action experience, dude? And I was so skeptical of that Xbox when they 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 came to my college. I've told this story before, and uh, and showed it to us before release um, to see what we thought as as uh as kids and then they they showed that game malice mm-hmm. oh i remember malice which uh just wasn't anything <laughs> nobody thought that was anything yeah they showed that when i i, I went to i wasn't working in games yet but i lived in vegas so i just kind of like snuck into ces um and they they had xbox maybe debuted at ces i don't know and like the demo game was malice and i just remember a guy in a suit turning to another guy in a suit going uh, my playstation can do that <laughs> yeah, he's basically right. Yeah, uh, more which or less. is the only system that Malice came out on, I believe. PS- it came out on Xbox eventually. It came out <laughs> on PS2 first, though. Got so it. wait, they weren't they weren't showing Halo? Yeah, they should. Like it existed on the Xbox. Yeah, because oh, they hadn't they hadn't snagged it yet. They hadn't stolen yeah. it from Steve Jobs yet, right? Yeah, Steven. Yeah. Like, uh, Steve Jobs was poised to uh, poised Jerry poised yeah. to take over gaming, and Microsoft stole Halo. And well, then he died. It's awful. Died. And then he straight up died. He had to settle Is that for what uh, killed him. He had to settle for ruining the world by releasing the <laughs> iPhone and then di- promptly dying, uh, uh, with, you know, double bird style, just fading yeah. into the into the casket. After you know, enjoy your iPhones, losers. <laughs> Somebody is going to be a couple of years. There's going to be something called TikTok. Uh, you're going to have to learn what an Instagram reel is and why that's different from a Snapchat, right? Is iPhone the answer to the to the to the to this question? Because like, it, mean, yeah. it kind of was the thing that uh, yeah. took those down in a way. You know, every time anybody says anything bad about video games, you get like 42 dudes on the internet jumping up and going, "But gaming is the most, the biggest entertainment industry in the world." making over they know exactly down to like the hundredth mm-hmm. of a decimal point how many billions yeah. of dollars it makes uh, yeah it's a like classic always- classic uncle thing where they're like yeah video games make all this money you must be doing pretty good mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's, they don't equally distribute it amongst us yeah. it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> what you're <laughs> describing is socialism a thing you hate <laughs> this yeah. isn't yeah. it's not it's not it's not tip based we don't yeah. pull at the end of the night <laughs> yeah so what would we call this thing i was thinking about the joy station from uh from joy from station. greed island because i'm watching hunter hunter again no i haven't the word station in there Station, no yeah, station, X station, no good. X station. Bo- uh, playbox, playbox. I think the GameCube was actually a pretty good name for putting uh, yeah. in, in between. I agree. Yeah. I like yeah. that console name. Yeah. I think the Game Man was a bad name. Yeah, the original name of the PlayStation. Can you imagine if we lived, if we were, if we were playing games on our Game Man Five and yeah. our Microsoft Action Experience Series yeah. X? Yeah. yeah, let me get the new Game Man. Uh, <laughs> that that was not going to work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people talking about, oh, I love my game, man. It's like, okay. Yeah, you got to be really careful to say those words very separately. Sure. Especially with any kind of a like sinus condition. 
Yeah. If you're homophobic and you have a sinus condition, you're going to just be an Xbox player right. <laughs> at that point, right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So that's, I don't like to get too inside baseball about having worked at Sony because the further inside baseball I get, the more the more it difficult it becomes to avoid describing what the details of my day-to-day work were, which would be too much fun for you all to hear. But I did on occasion was privy to uh, an opportunity to converse with people who had been at Sony computer entertainment since it was part of sony music since before they made the playstation like during the sony image soft times mm-hmm. right and uh i had a real good talk with a guy about game man once um <laughs> and he was like oh yeah everyone liked it and then i was like no wow. no that's crazy and i was like i he was like yeah and he was like I felt like I was insane uh, for not liking it. And I'm like, it was, you know, this is this is some top secret redacted uh, information this guy was giving me because he didn't know I was going to be revealing it on a podcast 20 years later. Right. That's right. So, you know, jokes People are going to be wondering if they uh, read it, read this or heard it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a, nice. he's like PlayStation was just like a side name someone had. Uh, and, uh, that it was, they were both Kudaragi names, which is important. They were his ideas, which is why it was okay to say PlayStation. I'm not sure exactly what happened. PlayStation sounds cool as heck. Yeah. I think it's the coolest, you know what? It's the coolest video game console name. I think having the word game in there is kind of trashy. Having the word box Mm -hmm. is kind of, uh, diminutive. GameCube is, uh, very diminutive, but for that reason, since it's breaking two of those rules, it works. Dreamcast, beautiful name for a product. I'm not sure it works right. for a video game console released it's in 1999. It's a little confusing yeah. to be yeah. a video game console. I think uh, Sega would have actually done pretty well naming all their consoles after planets for real instead of just as code names. Just from one of them as one of them when that got released with its code name. Yeah. 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 Uh, just uh, the, the the triangle strategy of video game consoles. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think uh, I, I don't know if I could come up with a name per se other than to say that uh, the most uh, the most best selling game consoles had names that people thought were stupid. Yeah. Uh, like the Wii. Uh, and the Wii is an, it is an incredibly stupid name. It's really stupid. And then when they d- said the Wii U, I was like, are you, are you kidding me? That's way we, stupider. Yeah. We couldn't stop saying Wii U. When that's came. some word salad as saying yeah. that. Well, I mean, that's why Wii U was not uh, as successful as the Wii for, I think, for many reasons. But I yeah. think also the, the, the completely idiotic name. Wii U. I think. Uh, <laughs> what a stinker. I honestly think Nintendo DS is a pretty stupid name, um, but it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 3DS is even stupider. And I still it call it the Nintendudes and the Threads. I call them the Nintendudes and the Threads as well. Yeah. It was Christian Nutt who uh, introduced me to Nintendudes because it looks yeah. like that. If anybody doesn't know this, the little, uh, the little dual screen logo, first of all, who, where did they get that logo? Sears? Like, uh, <laughs> the little dual screen logo that's on the top, it comes between the, uh, the O in Nintendo and, uh, and yeah. the S, uh, and it looks like if if you squint, it kind of looks like it says Nintendo. <laughs> spelled D O O D S. It's very fun to look at and think about, in my opinion. Um, Next question. No, not yet. Not yet. Hold no, on. I- hold on. We're, we're establishing <laughs> we're establishing some rules here, which is yeah. that a game console name can be stupid and be successful, but if it has the word game in it, it's not good. If it has the word box in it, it's uh, even less good. But if it's GameCube, it's pretty good. 
So you can't have the word play in there because PlayStation owns that. I mean, it's it's like naming a tech startup. Like it has to be like a word that exists already, but now you own it. You take one of the last yeah. vowels out of it. Yeah, it has to a word that ends in a consonant and take the take whatever the vowel before the final consonant is out. Well, I'm not even thinking that. Just like a, yeah. a word, like a verb. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uber. You know how right, Uber exactly. chose its name? Everybody, do you know this? They owned the domain. Yeah. Well, no, they had an opportunity to purchase the domain. And then they got investment to purchase the domain name uber.com. At that point in history, four-letter domain names that were dictionary words were wildly valuable. And, and the tech startups were all searching for a four-letter ah. uh, mm-hmm. dictionary word.com. Like it was – that's how Uber got its name. Well, we can get Uber. Okay. And they didn't even know what it was. What is it? I don't know. Just get it. It's a word. Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't know what the startup was. They didn't know what their business was. Sure. Just rich boys with daddy's money. So should we call our console the Uber? I think call it. Just call it the uh, – well, so – well, no. Okay, so here's what I was getting at with that. There's Super. There's Mega. There's Ultra. There's Hyper, right? Mm. Yeah. There's Neo. You just call it a single prefix. You just pick I a like prefix. This. I like and that's this. the name of your console. Yeah. And then you just get like the, you know, these days nobody cares about a dot com anymore. So you just get like the dot video game or dot biz or whatever. I, I like I like that a little better than mine. Mine mine was I was I was just going the thing. Just the, the thing. thing. Game just thing. The thing that goes in your you have the thing? Do you get the thing? Yeah. The widget. It's forever. You're, you're, you own that forever. I'm gonna throw one at you. A prefix that's not used as much as I think it should be these days. Uh or you are <laughs> a two letter.com yeah <laughs> that's uh you're that's that's like getting into to jeff bezos money to buy something like that but i mean you know again like i said we don't need the dot com i think right. Ur is just too hard to say yeah my goal is to release a console with an even shorter name than the wii yeah yeah I mean, the Wii even messed up by adding. They they didn't even know how to spell Wii. They spelled it with yeah. two eyes. Like they could have got that down to two letters. I think <laughs> they yeah. could have. Oh, All but right. the two eyes look like people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the point. And the me's look like the eyes in the word Wii. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I think you're making fun of it, but I actually think it was smart. It know. is. It is. It proves is, us it, wrong. I, I just went to Wii.com, and uh, the the website is not secure. Huh. Yeah. Oh well. Just FYI. Um, I, uh, uh, I, I've got a Wii uh, with an HDMI port in it uh, on top of my TV. I don't think it's secure either, if you know what I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm saying it's got every video game ever made uh, for the Nintendo Wii on a little tiny SSD in there, um, is what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying it's all there, Carl. How about another question? Let's hey, see. Why not? If the purge was real, how would that affect video games? Um, well, you would go to GameStop to be safe because nobody would be caught dead in a GameStop. Nice. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is that about it? Is that, are we done with that one? <laughs> you wouldn't be safe from the uh, Funko Pop scavengers, I guess. <laughs> imagine having one day a year. Can you imagine what a dude would look like? If he was the kind of guy to go steal Funko Pops during a purge. <laughs> Finally, this is my opportunity. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to get that. Uh, I'm going to get those Funkos. <laughs> and he just straps on like some yeah. mill spec Cordura backpack. And uh, I have a mill spec Cordura, back, Cordura backpack, but I live in New York City where it's necessary to buy my Diet Dr. Peppers. So remind me that the, the, the purge is like we can legally kill each other for a day yeah, or something. No, for yeah. 24 hours every year. 
or it might be less than 24 hours, but let's say 24 hours. I think uh, it's, it's, 20, it's 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think things would actually be pretty good for video games because, like, the the aggressive types would want to go out in the streets killing each other, and the rest of us would just be staying indoors. Yeah, but you can you can Uh break into people's houses and stuff too. Yeah, sure, but that's probably a lot of work versus just going outside. I I think actually it's quite possible that there would be a rash of break-ins and people. Let's say the PlayStation Six is at while the purge is happening, people would be breaking into houses, ripping out those PlayStation Sixes to resell. On the on the internet, later. basically the purge turns the the community into Fortnite, um, or you know the original version of Fortnite before they they copied PUBG. You have to yeah. build up uh, resistance and defenses uh, during the building phase uh, that can then defend you as you fight waves of enemies during the uh, the, the purge phase, right? So, in other words, in the purge universe. Uh, people's homes are like very secure because they're all getting ready for the purge, right? So I think uh, mm. in the case of a purge, a purge society, much like how in Death Stranding, delivery people are the most heroic people in the world. In a purge society, the receptionists at uh, uh, public storage facilities would be yeah. the heroes of society because uh i was putting something in my storage unit today this morning which i have a storage unit down the street from my house which is a very new york thing uh, if you've ever seen seinfeld uh, i actually made sure it's the same one depicted in the exterior shots of seinfeld whenever jerry goes <laughs> to his storage unit so it's the exact same one for a reason we need not get into i went in there and there was a guy like four units down from me and he opened up his storage unit. And this goddarn guy, he must have had 200 PlayStation 5s in there. Wow. And it's like, you can just buy them now, man. It's yeah. like, it's like the, <laughs> you can just buy them now. And it's like, I, I got like a message from a kid. People think I know something about video games. So they ask me questions. I got a question from, I say a kid. I don't know if it was a kid. It was, okay. It was someone saying they wanted to buy a, a, a PlayStation 5 for their boyfriend uh, for Christmas, right? And they're like, is it still, you know, is it still hard to get PlayStation 5s? Where, where would you recommend I get one? I'm like, oh, you can just kind of, I think you can just get I just bought and returned one on Amazon. Yeah, like I think, I think they're you, just there. You, they just you can just finally get them now. But I mean, again, that's very, that's strong branding that it's still the narrative that it's hard to get one. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they still sell on, I don't, I, I, I don't have a, I don't have my phone on me right now because I haven't touched my phone all day. Isn't that nice to know? I think they still sell on StockX for slightly above retail. So more power to this guy with a storage unit full of those. But I mean, during a purge, that's where you, you know, people would be, they would be seizing the storage units, I think. Uh, in a true gamer's utopia. Was it Star Trek that, uh, did Star Trek start or popularize the, the purge idea? I don't know. I don't know. Was there a purge episode of Star Trek? Uh, at least one, yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'm the only one that thinks that that's. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd believe it. They did kind of throw out a a sci-fi concept that got later uh, ran with and uh, you know fully realized by someone else much later. Yeah, I I, I only know of the pur- the purge movies. Which I've never seen one of. Oh yeah, okay. So no, I'm, that, I'm right. That is brand power. I'm just look. I'm looking it up on Wikipedia right now. And uh, what's the episode? It was insta- inspired by uh, the Return of the Archons uh, from Star Trek: The Original Series. Yeah, it makes sense. So that was that was that Every was one I of guess... those episode titles from the original is just not descriptive at all. <laughs> right. no. Oh yeah, no. It's like a short story in a magazine. I don't know. You know what the trouble with Tribbles is about? Oh, uh, that's true. That's that true. Is true. 
the Tribbles don't uh, they don't make anything easier for anybody. <laughs> no, sure, that don't. particular episode. No, they make it harder. It's time for a lightning round. Uh, this oh, week's lightning round comes from our dirtbag LaFish. If you would like to submit a question or even a lightning round, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash insert credit. And for just a few dollars a month, you get to send us your questions, you get bonus episodes, and all other kinds of cool things. Right right now, you're getting uh, our, our insert credit guide-in episodes one week early. We don't know how long that's going to last. One week early? But right now, it's one week early. This uh, is a name design, a game we haven't played in a while where I give you a title of a thing and you have to imagine what kind of game that would be like. Uh, for this, LaFish has provided us with a list of real British children's television shows. Nice. Uh, our first one is Christopher Crocodile. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to think of that as just one of those big head platformers with bouncy, bouncy yeah. icons. Like, I mean, Christopher it's, it's Crocodile's just... literally a Sonic the Hedgehog character, though. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he has a, I think he has a butterfly net. Um, I think okay. he does flips in the air and he has a butterfly net, and you can catch butterflies, but you can also like hook onto things uh, and swing with your. Yeah, butterfly you got to have net. one incongruous. I think thing. he's walking on his his uh, hind legs. He's bipedal and he has like, oh, yeah, really, really sure. long shoes. Yeah, I like this. And it's on the Amiga. Bimble's bucket. Ew. <laughs> Bimble's bucket. That's also on the Amiga. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. it's uh, Bilber uh, has spilled the contents of his bucket every level. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, the contents of his bucket he trips um, at the start is of the trash that, that floats in the sky and bounces. <laughs> and right. you have to jump and touch the trash in the sky to return it to his bucket. And he can also uh, turn the bucket upside down and use it to glide. Um, and he has to catch the, cr- the trash just right as he's gliding. Uh, and then, or, uh, or else you have to like climb back up and try it again. And it's really, it's really fiddly and obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think I like you that. turn the bucket upside down while jumping in midair and uh, he just immediately like crashes to the ground like at like eight times That's Castlevania platform fall speed. And uh, if he touches an enemy while doing so, instantly dies. Fair enough. It's, but because that would be more in line with Amiga video game yeah. design. Penny crayon. Kenny. Penny crayon. Penny crayon. Penny crayon. Penny it's, crayon. A, it's a, it's a, a it's Nintendo s- DS game. Sequel to Wild Woody. Yeah. No, it's, abs- nah, it's a Nintendo DS game. It, it's it's more like a, a, a it's Crave Entertainment ripping off that Kirby game where you draw lines. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, Ivy the Kiwi. Kirby's Rainbow. Rainbow Baby or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. Bernard's Watch. Bernard's Watch. Okay. Bernard? Like Bernard? Yeah. Yeah. Bernard's Watch. Bernard's Bernard Watch. They pronounce it Bernard over there. I think this is one of those like high concept uh, games made by, you know, that that British company, the the Chinese Room, where they would make something really high concept and, and you play as Bernard and you're you're uh, you're like a aging night watchman and, and mm-hmm. curious things are afoot and you mm-hmm. you, uh, you walk around a little bit, but all you can really do is shine your flashlight on stuff and then, then oh, it's over. I think this is one of those cheap games you see in uh, mobile game ads where you have to like reassemble a pocket watch. I'd do it. Yeah. Put it back together. Uh, Poddington Peas. Poddington Peas. How do you spell P? P-E-A-S. Okay. 
right. Pottington's a, like a like apostrophe s. Well, you all keep talking about this. I'm, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'm gonna you, go. Okay. You just reminded me of something. Go take a p- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. by saying Pottington yeah. and peas. Yeah. Uh, you reminded me of something. So so the this does not involve the vegetable. Um, this it, is this yeah. is someone who uh, don't tell me. I'm telling you. Okay. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, so it's just the guy's name, and um, he had this bucket full of trash. <laughs> <laughs> so I was gonna say that it's just um, it's like a a British Har- Harvest Moon clone. So you 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 grow peas, potatoes, cabbages, and and uh, um, uh, bangers. Yeah, oh, sure. you, you, you got yeah, to grow them bangers. You gotta grow uh, bangers, <laughs> fresh and organic, <laughs> straight out the ground, and uh, and everyone calls each other Gov, and that's it. <laughs> sure. So many governors in this place. How do they get anything done? Crazy cottage. Crazy cottage. Oh, um, oh, that's uh, that's uh, Jet Set Willy. That's true. Right, like that. The whole game's in his crazy house, and there's just nonsense trying to kill him like vacuum cleaners that's a, it's that's true a, that's his crazy cottage yeah i was also going to say that it could be a game where you uh have to pick up customers and deliver them to their destinations but uh you drive a cottage on wheels okay i like that have Ooh. A i just took my my pee to poddington yeah <laughs> have a kazoo <laughs> oh god is oh my well, it, it's so. I just got to say, this whole thing just reminds me of like how lame Banjo Kazooie is. Just hearing like <laughs> British children words. I do feel like Have a Kazoo is absolutely a budget like Metro 3D style uh, 3D platformer to to capitalize on Banjo Kazooie's existence. Yeah. Um, so it, it's like the the D team making a Banjo Kazooie, and it's called Have a Kazoo. All right. And it stars like a like one of those um, one of those birds. I don't know if they're real. That has like a big poof on the top of their head. Oh yeah, that's that's who's in it. Big beak poof on the head. Our last one is God's Wonderful Railway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, nice. Oh, God, this is this is just an an impenetrable uh, rail tycoon sim <laughs> yeah. thing for MS DOS that yeah. comes with a book that's like four hundred pages long. Um, that. Uh, punishes you for any mistake by like you just have to like start your month-long game over if you make one mistake it's made by somebody who used to work for peter molyneux and was like i no, i need structure i will have structure (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they went and made this peter molyneux hated it oh lord okay well brandon i'm giving you the win for this episode congratulations brandon congratulations i won yeah this is the point of the show where if you have any recommendations you can go ahead and lay them on me I got something that's not exactly a recommendation, but it's just a, a thing. If you if you uh, ever watched that Resident Evil movie, the first one, uh, you could watch the the commentary, the Blu-ray commentary that they oh, got. Oh, that's good. Mila Jovovich is in there just being totally unhinged with Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, Mila, uh, Mila is is like affecting a lisp that could read homophobic basically fifty percent of the time, and uh, but she's like not saying it, it's hard to tell what she's doing but she's doing it all the time but it was like she might have just had dental surgery it was done in 2000 
four or five. The movie yeah. had just came out. Had just come out. They were doing DVD commentary before they knew if the they had just come from the premiere. They didn't even know if it was going to be popular yet. And so she's just like talking about how stupid it is. Like, what is this Slipknot? And uh, the director and producer are both there, and they keep trying to talk about things, and they just get interrupted by Mila and Michelle Rodriguez, who, by the way, refuses to pronounce. Uh, Jovovich correctly. I actually just learned it from this com- conversation. They have an argument about it. I always thought it it's, was Mia Jovovich. They have an argument about her own name? Yeah, because <laughs> Michelle Ro- Rodriguez says Jovovich every time and and it's pronounced Jovovich and Mila is like, it's Jovovich. Jovovich. It's not that hard. An argument is two-sided. So what is the counter-argument to... No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez says, and then does it again. That's where the argument is. Some people are quite capable of of uh, of arguing I with see. a fact. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I've noticed this uh, somewhat recently. Anyway, it's absolutely unhinged. It's not a recommendation per se, but it's a if you can handle it, <laughs> give it a look. So wait, it was recorded right around the time that the first movie was made. Yes. Like so the, so it, they weren't. So she wasn't like married to the director yet, or anything. Not married like. to the director yet. Not. Do you think he married her because she trashed his movie on the DVD commentary? <laughs> it was that lisp that charmed him. Oh, also, at one point during the commentary, like 20 minutes in, Mila is like, so we, do we just watch this whole movie? <laughs> 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 we just sit here and watch the whole movie? <laughs> It's pretty good. It's uh, ridiculous. It. So yeah, that's 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 what I got this week. That's what I've got. Frank? Uh oh, um no, I don't I don't have anything this week. Oh, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. I really enjoyed Spider-Man 2. Oh, you're going to be the first guy in the world to have actually uh, played it enough to say it's good. Uh, I noticed nobody was talking about it. Uh, is in that my true? particular circles. Uh like on on the Discord that I'm on, uh which I guess is a Discord that I it's going to be like the Discord I like to look at. It's the one that I, 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 I guess I'm the owner of it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, got, I don't I think that, I've seen. Yeah. I don't think I've seen everybody talk about. I don't think I've seen anybody talk about playing Spider-Man Two. Oh well, it's it's very predictable. It's 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 you know the the other two games, but they keep improving it, and uh, that's all I wanted. I heard about the funny NPCs. That's what that's what I heard about. Oh, like with the really really long dialogues. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that's neat. And it's free on Amazon. So. Free on Amazon. That's right. If you uh, if you rent it and return it, yeah, rent. <laughs> I rent it, return it. Uh, I've uh, I've only seen people talking about that Super Mario and that. Uh, I think again, I've mentioned this before, but I think it's very triumphant that uh, you know Sony makes a new open world AAA prestige video game based on Spider Man and uh, games like uh, Super Mario and Alan Wake and Baldur's Gate and whatever are just kind of suffocating all the video game conversation. Uh, and I think that's kind of fun. Uh, Did you know that Alan Wake Remastered is is like $80 on PlayStation 5 right now, the physical version, because they didn't make very many copies and people are like speculating about it? That's weird. Yeah. Um, it's also a it's, full sentence. It's kind of strange stuff uh, with, with regard to stuff like that, because I think, you know, they, you know they, they didn't make so many copies of it, probably for a reason they had figured was very good. Yeah. Um, that Alan Wake uh, 2 has no physical release at all, right? Mm-hmm. Not yet. Like, yeah. So I haven't played Alan Wake two yet, but I did just this like past couple of weeks uh, for my leisure time. I did replay Max Payne one, Max Payne two, Alan Wake, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, and Control, and all of the DLCs of all of those. Finally played Control after having played enough of it to be like, I like this game, but I'm gonna wait. I didn't realize 
that it was only about 10 hours long. I thought it was going to be much longer because of the Metroidvania thing, you know, because of that, you know, they normally pad those games out, but it's a Metroidvania game without padding, which I think is neat, but a little weird. The first time I saw ray tracing was you playing control. Oh yeah. I was showing you what it looks like mm-hmm. on the uh, 4090. It looks uh, Man. very nice. Speaking of, I, I got Alan Wake too. We loaded it up and it's like, oh, our 3080 is done. Ah, oh, man. It's really kind of tragic. Yeah, I didn't get Alan Wake 2 yet, but... Uh, Alan Wake 2 happens the day after the first Alan Wake, right? Because he wakes up a second time? Maybe he's got insomnia. No. Uh, no, it's not like Al- that. Alan Wake is f- famously uh, trapped in a nightmare for 13 years, Brandon Sheffield, so don't be insensitive. Uh, <laughs> give Cut the guy some goddamn slack. All right. He's famously been trapped in a nightmare for 13 years. <laughs> well, I think we need to clarify that Alan Wake, but Mark Echo's getting up. So he's a little sure. bit. Uh, Mark Echo's right. getting up. Uh, <laughs> he is. There's a difference between waking and getting up, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of graffiti. Yeah, whereas Pokemon Sleep. <laughs> yeah. Pokemon mm-hmm. Sleep. Man, Mark Echo's Getting Up is a very good uh, video game if you want to play a game that feels like Jet Set uh, Christopher Nolan's Jet Set Radio, the movie, the video game. Uh, it's pretty good. I got the Xbox version. Of Getting Up? I actually like it a lot. Oh. I like that game a lot for like not any stupid reasons. Uh, yeah, I really want to play that Alan Wake too, and I definitely will because uh, I did just play through every game that the developer ever made like sort of in one <laughs> quick burst, right? One you quick know. American nightmare. Haven't played it yet? You should remedy that. Yeah, hey. exactly. That's, that's how it's going to go. Um, but one thing I did enjoy recently that uh, – mm. Um, I would recommend uh, unambiguously, not unambiguously, uh, you know, if, if you feel like this is the sort of thing that appeals to you, as I recently rewatched, I'm in the middle of the rewatch, um, but uh, uh, I'm going to finish it soon. It's something I had not watched since 2006, which is the HBO miniseries Band of Brothers, which is about World War II, uh, and it's by Steven Spielberg. And it's like they imagined Saving Private Ryan inspired hundreds of video games. What if we made a TV show that's better than that is basically what it is. Um, It's very good. Time and again, I am completely struck. And I remember the first time I watched it being like, oh, this is pretty good. It's I'm just very struck by how incredibly good, incredibly well staged and edited all of the action scenes are. All of the action scenes the battle scenes, you know who is where, you know what is happening, you know what the big threat is, you know what the guys have to do, and you can just, it, it's just so legibly put together in a way that is like delicious refreshment if you've watched any like modern blockbusters or, or what suffices for such. Um, I never and watched it. Maybe lots I of practical effects. Um, it's neat to see Spielberg make a 10 hour long thing. That's also very episodic, and every episode stands alone really well. Yeah, it's real good. If you have ever been interested in a World War II thing, but didn't know which one to start with, I remember seeing a few years ago someone saying something about something World War II related, being like, I'm just sick of World War II stuff, right? And it's like, I don't think there's too much World War II stuff. It was a pretty Uh, big deal. World War II is... uh, there's if you've seen the trailer for Oppenheimer, you know there's a part where Matt Damon says to uh, somebody. He says it, he doesn't say it to Oppenheimer. He says because this is the most important thing that has ever happened to anybody, right? And it's like very funny moment in the trailer, but it's also true, right? 
it, it, I do. I mean, World War II is a treasure trove of stuff that you should know about. Um, and we can, you know, it is, it is our privilege as citizens of the year 2023 to refer to World War II as a treasure yeah. trove, but a, a treasure trove of lessons. Every episode of Band of Brothers opens with some old dudes who are real uh, talking to a camera. Uh, being like, yeah, I was scared when we jumped out of that plane. Oh, my God, I was terrified. Right. And it's like, oh, these guys are real World War II vets. They look pretty young, though. And then I'm like, oh, I guess this was made 20 years ago. And it just reminded me it, first of all, it was very funny to know to realize Most I was just unironically for fun watching uh, through Band of Brothers on Veterans Day weekend. Right. Which uh, I didn't do that on purpose, but, you know, I'm going to own it now. Um, so it's uh, to just see these guys and be like. Oh, they look pretty young. Oh, but this was 23, 22 years ago. And they'd be like, oh, they're probably dead now. And then be like, I guess a lot of these World War II guys are dead. And then I'm like, oh, wow. Is that why Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks uh, went around the United States and talked to hundreds of these guys? And uh, is that why this guy wrote this book at that point in time? Because they're like, these guys are going to die. Uh, and then it's like, oh, that's pretty neat. So you have an opportunity to watch a World War II TV show produced directed by Steven Spielberg that is uh, based on stuff dudes said really happened and is just mundane enough sometimes for you to believe it really did, but also just fancy enough for you to have a good movie-watching time. And if you've ever chilled with anything Spielberg, uh, it's pretty safe to call it a really good piece of Spielberg if you want some good Spielberg. I've come very close to watching Check it, it out! Yeah. I don't know! Check it out. It's on HBO Max and Netflix. The reason I watched it is because I saw that it was on Netflix. And I was like, what? They have HBO stuff on Netflix now? And then I'm like, oh, but it's 4K uh, HDR on HBO. So I watched it there. And then I realized why. Why it's on Netflix. Um, and also The Pacific, their follow-up show, is on Netflix as well. And I realized why. It's because they made a third one. Which is a uh, which is coming out in January called Masters of the Air, and it's about the hundredth bomb group, which was uh, the the guys who flew the really high altitude bomber planes, uh, and that show is guaranteed to have some really good jackets that were made in Japan. So Band of Brothers also is full of really good jackets that were made by absolute freaks in Japan, like all the uniforms made by people in Japan. So that's a fun thing to know about that. I could talk about this forever, so who cares? Thank you. Yeah. I'll also watch the movie The Heroic Trio. It's on the Criterion Collection now in a transfer that is just the most it, – it's it's gorgeous. You're not supposed to watch that movie at anything over like 330p, I don't think, because uh, you can see all the wires very clearly. But man, watch that movie. You seen Heroic Trio, Brandon? Yeah, I actually don't like the the Heroic Trio, unfortunately. I always want to, and I just don't do it. Just can't do it. It's a good entry level movie if you want to watch a good weird movie. I would say. Uh, and it's 86 minutes long. So. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review our show. We got a few reviews last week. I had a good time reading them. Thank you for doing that. Uh, rate and review the show. It helps us out. You could support us on patreon.com slash insert credit where you could become a patron to submit your own questions, listen to bonus episodes and more. If you'd like to sponsor our show with an advertisement or personal message, uh, you could do that by contacting us at show at insertcredit.com and we'll work something out. You could also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com or find videos of these episodes on youtube.com slash insert credit show. Uh, you can still wishlist Demon School on Steam, so do that. Yeah. Uh, donate 
to the Video Game History Foundation to yeah. contribute to cool secret things Frank is working on that I can't tell you about, but uh, it's good stuff. You're going to be personally contributing to video game preservation, which is something you probably care about if you're listening to this show. I think there's probably people who listen to the show who don't care, but they should, right? They (laughs) They absolutely should, yeah. You Uh, know who doesn't care? Notch. (laughs) That's That's true. That god darn guy. This episode is edited by Esper Quinn with music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And I apologize for accidentally skipping Dodgy Ducks Disco Bus. finished uh yakuza kiwami and mm. i'm at the point where i'm like oh geez how do i play koi koi if i want to make haruka happy I gotta <laughs> learn all these like hanafuda card games uh no no <laughs> do other things but what about that platinum trophy i didn't realize you were such a chester chivos over yeah. here <laughs> it's not easy being chivy it's not evie being chivy uh. <laughs>